0: Good morning, everyone. We're so glad to have you with us on this Easter Resurrection Sunday. I know there's a lot of people who are planning on coming out, and I've already got texts from people saying that they... Couldn't for whatever reason, this reason or that reason, but we're so glad for those who are joining online. I know a couple of people that had to work this morning are watching us from work because they were expecting there wasn't going to be anybody at their job. So welcome to everybody. We're so glad you're here. Um, If you will take out your connection card, and Lenore, if you'll bring me one of those, um, I meant to have one up here. If you'll take out your connection card at the beginning of every um, season in Easter is when we like to do this. We like to try and take a survey. So Michael's already talked to you about filling out the top part, or you can text the number, and we'll go over all that again a little bit later. But as he mentioned on the back, there's a little bit of thing here that says A, B, C, or D. And what we like to do, and we got this from our church that we're patterning after in Birmingham, Alabama, is Pastor Chris says that everyone pretty much falls into four categories. And Michael, if you have that screen, I didn't ask you for it, but if you have it easily, um, basically it falls into the A, B, C, or D. And A means if you've already accepted Christ, and you say, man, I've been going to church all my life. I accepted Jesus when I was a young person. Or B would say, I've been watching. I've been trying to figure it out, but I'm ready to become a Christian today. C would say, hey, I'm really not worried. I don't really know about any of this stuff, and I'm really still just checking it out and d i'll never become a christian i'm not interested in that i'm an atheist i i don't think there is a god or you know it's got to be this other you know whatever it is everyone falls into one of these four categories and we like to do a survey once a year and today's that day cuz that's when we have generally the most people here with us So if you'll just check off with your name on the front or if you want to leave it anonymous, you may certainly do that. But that is just something we like to do once a year, and this is the day we do it. And for those who are watching online, you can simply send us an email to info at belongdfw.com and just tell us what your um, classification is and how you fit into that. Friday, as you guys all probably are aware, is called Good Friday. And it's, in my opinion, one of the holiest of days. And it is actually what I would term the anniversary of when Jesus was crucified and his last words on this earth as a man were, it is finished. Jesus' darkest day led to me having my brightest day. See, Good Friday was good for me, but it was death to him. If you have your Bibles with me, I'd like for you to open them up. We're going to look at John chapter 1, starting in verse 1. And I just want us to put a little context and build a little framework in this. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and Jesus is the Word that is described here. You notice it's capitalized Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God. Jesus is the son of God, but he is God himself as well. Verse two, he was with God in the beginning. He was there in the beginning. So Jesus doesn't just show up on the earth as a baby as we celebrate at Christmas time. That's not the only time that he was there. That's just the beginning of Jesus. No, in the beginning, Jesus was there with God as part of the Trinity to create in the beginning. He was there in the beginning. Through him, verse 3, all things were made. And without him, nothing was made that has been made. Verse 4, in him was life. And I highlighted that because I love that so much. In him was life. Just think about that for a second. The inside of Jesus is life. So we know that when God created Adam and Eve, he, he took the dirt and he, he formed it into and he breathed life into him. In him, Jesus was life and the life was a light. We often hear on Good Friday that it's Sunday's coming and, and it's like we want to fast forward past Friday to Sunday. And we're going to look at what happened at Sunday, um, in just a moment in the scripture. But I don't want us to miss out on what actually transpired on Friday. Jesus came to pay the price for my missing the mark and yours missing the mark. See, sin is, is, defin, is definition of sin literally in the Bible, and we have this connotation in our minds of sin as this, oh, this black thing, this mark on gets you, or, you know, all these things, and it's like a heavy, wet blanket that just pulls you down and just pushes you further and further down, and, and I've gone into this in great detail in previous messages, so I'm not going to take the rabbit trail and go back down that, though I'd love to right now, but it literally means you're missing the mark. Like you're throwing darts at a dartboard, and there's the mark in the center where you're trying to hit. And if you hit anywhere outside that center, you missed the mark. And that's literally what sin means. So Jesus came to die for my sins and to pay for my sins, but it literally is me missing the mark that I can't quite do what I need to do. See, I had a if you see it in quotation marks, air quotation marks, missing it problem. That tries I may, I want to do all the things the right way, but I just miss it sometimes. I have a missing it problem. And I think all of us have a missing it problem. We have, we have things that we say, man, I, I really wish I wouldn't keep doing this. Or after, at the end of it, go, oh, why did I do that again? We all have that, and that's what Jesus came to pay for but let 's look in luke chapter twenty four and we 're going to see what actually transpired so many thousands of years ago, two thousand some years ago on today verse twenty four starting with verse one on the first day of the week, so Jesus had been crucified on Friday, which we celebrate as Good Friday, and he was buried, and he was there from Friday Saturday, and now we find Sunday, the first day of the week, very early in the morning. The women took the spices they prepared and went to the tomb. So, as they had their customs, we send everybody to the funeral home, and the mort- morticians will come in and they'll do all their stuff in three days and they get the body ready for viewing and then burial and all that stuff. Well, they didn't do any of that stuff. They actually just would wrap them all up, and then on the third day, they'd come and pour all these spices over them to help the body not to stink too much and to deal with all the stuff that was going on. They really didn't know what we know about medicine. So this was the norm of what happened at that time. So they're just following through with what they normally had done. And as they approach it, verse 2, they found that the stone was rolled away from the tomb. I was talking to somebody this week, and they they didn't have a clue about this story. And and I was telling Lenore, I'm like, we're so used to hearing the story all the time that perhaps that we miss the fact that someone doesn't know all the details. So I just want to put a pause on it here for just one second. And, and Jesus came as a baby. We know that. Most everybody knows that. It's Christmas time. And then he grew, and then he came and was crucified on a cross because the religious leaders were not happy with the way he was messing up the way they were doing things. And still today, religion is man's rules, where man's just trying to put all these things on you and makes it so difficult to live. It was the same thing going on then. And Jesus was come to say, that's not what the heavenly father, father meant. That's not what was meant in the whole thing. And they got really upset with him. They're looking for a reason to get rid of him. Much like political situations that we would find ourselves in, that no matter who's in office, there's some people that just want that person out. And that's all we can talk about anytime you get around them is just get that person out. It doesn't matter who it is, just get him out. I mean, it was this big stir. And so they finally found a way to crucify Jesus. Now, crucifixion was what was their method of execution at that time in history so if you got the death penalty which was not that often but if you got the death penalty they literally put the cross together and stuck it into the ground and they nailed you to the cross it wasn't just something they did for jesus that was the method of execution that they had then when you're completely dead they would pull you down and they would put you in the tomb and then that was it But because Jesus was such a controversial person, the the religious leaders said, we want guards posted outside of that tomb, and we want this big, huge stone put in front of it so that the disciples can't come and steal the body away and and make it like this whole big thing that there's this big um, conspiracy. We want to head that off at the pass. So they did. They put two big Roman centurion guards outside there and the big stone. And here we find in verse two, they found the stone had rolled away. And when they entered, verse 3, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Now, can you imagine? They're just expecting this is normal. They've had other people that have died. They've dealt with them. They've got them all wrapped up. They come on the third day. They're probably crying and still, you know, emotional. in this is part of their grieving process. As they walk in there, there isn't a body there. Verse 4, and while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning, I, mean, I just love the descriptions in the Bible, their clothes gleamed like lightning stood in front of them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. I mean, how many of you know if you're in a room, you're in this cave, and you're expecting to find a body there, and there's no body there, and you're a little big old, uh, I'm not sure what's going on here. And all of a sudden, two guys just appeared. They didn't walk in the same way you walked in. All of a sudden, they go, Whoa! you know, they're there. And it's just lightning shooting out from them. You're going to suck some floor too. And they asked them this, this. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. And that is the story of Resurrection Sunday or Easter Sunday. He is risen. See, there was no prank that was played on the body. It was well guarded. It had a huge stone that you you couldn't move easily. He's risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. And he's quoting, the son of man must be delivered. This is Jesus speaking to them. The angels are quoting him. The son of man must be delivered over to the sinners, the hand of sinners, and be crucified and on the third day be risen, raised again. And then they remembered his words. I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes when you're, you're hearing things people are talking about, you kind of forget about it. And then after it comes to pass and you hear about it, you go, oh yeah, I remember you saying that. The angel was refreshing their memory because Jesus had had this time to tell them, hey, this is what's going to go on. They're like, no way, there's no way they're going to kill you. There's no way, and there's no way you're going to raise from the dead. I mean, how in the world is this possible? And yet here they find themselves in that situation. So Verse six, and when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the other people, the other disciples and all the others that were there. Verse verse 11, but they did not believe them because their words seemed to them to be nonsense. Nonsense. And I just want to put a pause on this again here. Because sometimes when we hear the gospel, when we hear a story about a man so long ago, how do we know it's even true? You know, how do we know he rose from the dead? Come on, that just sounds like nonsense. They were there. They had walked with Jesus. They'd went through all this process. And they saw him die. They saw him put in in the tomb. They saw the big stone there. And in their mind, it didn't make sense. It seemed to them like nonsense. So as we do the the list here and we ask people to fill in A, B, C, or D, it really doesn't matter where you find yourself in that. It It can all seem like nonsense to you as well. And go, how can this be? You may be even wondering to yourself, how is it that that came to pass? You're not alone. The people who are the closest to Jesus who heard him literally speak all of these things, their words seemed like nonsense. Verse 12, Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. He wasn't going to wait to s- argue with everybody, to see if it's true. He just ran as hard as he could. Can't you see Peter just like, you know, like force gump, just like running down the road, getting to the, to the tomb, you know, and he's like walks in there. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen, that what they'd wrapped him with lying by themselves. And he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Many years ago, several years ago I should say, I had someone in my life who I had had as a business uh, relationship with and I've been doing computers where I met this person and then she and her husband started a business and I became doing their computers for them as well and, and never really talked to them about Jesus because I'm not the kind of person who's gonna cram Jesus down. Your throat. I'm never going to wear the t-shirt that says Jesus loves you and you're going to hell. Uh, that's not me. That's just, I'm just like, hey, you're going to see who I am, and if you like that, we'll, we'll talk about that later. And, and after many, many years, some 20 years, driving in a car after lunch, and she says, hey, i got a question. Since I got you in the car, she goes, I don't really understand this whole Jesus thing. How do you know that your religion is the right one? And I I honestly wasn't expecting that because we're having a business lunch and planning, you know, servers we're buying and the computers we're doing and all this stuff. We're talking about this. And and I just, this this thought came to me. I said, well, the most interesting thing to me, a couple of things, but the most interesting thing is you can go to the tomb of every other prophet. You can list any of them. I saw a meme on Facebook this week of the tombstone of all of those guys and had all their names on it. But if you could go to all of those tombs, and when you dig them up, you'll find their bones. Jesus is the only one that you go to his tomb, and you find and it's still there. You can go to Israel and see it, where they carved out where his feet were. I mean, the whole thing is laid out there. You can see it. They consider it a holy place. But you you can go there and check it out. You go to Jesus' tomb, and it's empty. Besides that, all the historians at the time who had nothing to do with the Bible were there documenting about Jesus. Our entire way we do our dates was all centered around Jesus coming. And then after that, it started counting up Whereas counting down before that. Everything in our whole world is not just about a fairy tale book we call the Bible, but it's history. The Bible is supported by history. But Jesus is the only one who rose from the dead. And that's what we see today, Resurrection Sunday or Easter, as it's most commonly known. It was all about Jesus being raised. And as Christians, we have a a ceremony that we have when we ask people to accept Christ. And we talk about that, and we'll be talking about that a little bit later. And we ask you to, hey, do you want to know God? The next step in that is baptism, and it's really interesting to me as I was preparing this that baptism, it says that we are being like Jesus when we're going under the water, if you never understood what was going on, and it says we're raised then to walk in newness of life. It's someone has even termed the coin uh, the phrase that you're having a water grave that you're you're actually putting yourself and you're walking there's a new person that's going to walk out of this and we see this in romans chapter 6 verse 4 it says wherefore we're buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as jesus was raised so as we celebrate jesus being raised that same thing can happen to us from the dead through the glory of the father we too may live Remember when I the first scripture that I read that it says that Jesus was there as the Word in the beginning, and he was life. We too may live. To me, the entire gospel is about life and living and how you're going to live your life. See, Jesus endured the dark day so that I can make it through my day. I don't know about you, but I have some days that are dark, not as dark as Jesus' was. I mean, they beat him within an inch of his life, and everyone had turned their back on him. His best friend denied him three times. It, all this horrible things, it, was, it said that it was so bad that God himself turned his face and didn't look at earth for the first time, and the whole place went pitch black. That's a pretty dark day jesus went through that so that i can endure mine and have life in fact and jesus said in john chapter 10 verse 10 this is my favorite scripture if you're around me for three minutes you hear me talk about this he says the thief and i believe he's showing us two different worlds here the thief the devil the enemy the world we live in just comes only to steal kill and destroy that that's our life it's always trying to steal our joy it's trying to rob from us and ultimately if it could get you to commit suicide or or kill somebody or be killed ultimately if you could just be taken care of and off the map that's ultimately what it wants but i love the other side he says jesus says here i have come that you may have life but i love this best part and have it to the full have life that's the story of jesus he didn't just come to be crucified and i said this many times that can you imagine if god just showed up here as jesus and you know all the stuff happened in the course of like a week and all of a sudden they they get so mad at him they take him up and he's crucified and he pays for our sins and and that's all done i mean that's great i needed that solution for myself we all need that solution But it's not just about that he came to give us life. But not just life that I'm existing. Life to the full. Hebrews 13 says, verse 8, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the same Jesus that was telling the disciples, I've come to give you life to the full. That message is still there for me. The great news in Romans 8, 11 says, and if the spirit of him, Jesus, who raised Jesus from the dead is living inside of you, if you accept Christ, if you allow God to start working inside of you, if you start knowing God, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life. There it is again, giving life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives inside of you. The Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus didn't raise himself from the dead. The Spirit of God came down and raised Jesus from the dead. That same Spirit is who God has for us to give life. 1 Peter 1, 3 says, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us a new life, new birth, into a living hope. How? through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. See, this day isn't just a day about Easter eggs and bunnies and and eating the chocolate bunny. It's about a living hope. It's about life because of the resurrection of Jesus. Good Friday was about the paying for my sins and your sins and missing the mark again. But Sunday, today, is all about resurrection. See, if he just took care of my sin problem, if he just took care of where I missed the mark, that would be wonderful. But that doesn't help me tomorrow. Resurrection, hope, in life helps me with tomorrow. See, through that, I can face today because of resurrection, because of life, because of hope. I can embrace tomorrow and I can be free from yesterday. Think about that. I can face today and I can embrace tomorrow. So I don't need to have anxiety attacks. I don't need to have worry. I don't need to have sleepless nights. I can also be free from my yesterdays. The things that I go, oh man, wish I'd never done that. If I could go back in time, if there was a time machine, I could go back in and go, don't do that to, you know, previous me, future me saying, don't do that. Jesus like, I've come to give you life. In our bumper video where we started the service, there are several different points that jumped out at me. It says, he's come to free us from guilt, from rejection, from brokenness, from our sins, from missing the mark. So I don't have to. Let me ask you the ultimate question. What's this all about? I appreciate you coming out to church and joining us and joining us online and the ones who are watching after the fact and listening after the fact. I appreciate all that. And and I've kind of made a compelling, I would hope, story and, you know, explaining everything. But really at the bottom line, when you boil it all down, what's it all about? I want to suggest to you that God's not looking for Robots. He's not looking for someone who's perfect. People are simply going through the motions. Honestly, he's not even just looking for obedience. Yes, he wants obedience, but that's not all he's looking for. He wants your heart. Can I say it like this? He wants you to know him, to know God. And and what does knowing God mean? And it's one of our four things, and if you got the worship guide, it talks about the four things that we that we believe and what really sums up who we are as a church. And the first one is knowing God. It starts with the first time you get to know God, and maybe if you've someone who's never heard about, it, like the person I was talking to this week, who didn't know anything, didn't know about Adam and Eve, didn't know about Noah, didn't know about any of the other stories in the Bible. If you don't know anything about God, and I. I run across plenty of people like that. The first thing is for me to introduce you to him. And even after you've made that decision to follow him, to say, hey, I don't have to understand it all, but I'm going to jump in and I'm going to take the next step. I'm going to put my my little piggy toe in the water, if you will. They're still getting to know God. The same way in my marriage, I got to know Lenore the first night I met her, and saw her beautiful long curly hair that time it came down way down here and and, she, and i was walking out and she was leaving and i and i reached over and i just touched her arm like that and i'm like you're not leaving are you and that was the first time i met her but imagine if that was all i ever knew about her and i just kind of yeah i know lenore no i got to know lenore more and more and more through relationship speaking of marriage let's talk about marriage What is your goal for marriage, whether you're already married or you're planning to get married or you think someday maybe? What is the goal all about? If you were to say that I simply want to stay married with air quotation marks, is that the goal? Just I'm gonna endure. I'm gonna hold in there forever. I saw a funny jokes this week. I sent it to Lenore. This guy, husband and wife, were talking, and the wife is standing there. She's all mad. And she goes, "I thought you said you're gonna take care of me all the days of my life." And the caption right next to it says, "I didn't think you're gonna live this long." But anyway, I, I digress. But is the goal just to stay married, just to say, hey, we've been married for, and fill in the blank, the number of years. I'm happy that Lenore and I have been married for 25 and this couple of months. It'll be 26 years. But is that simply the goal, just to endure life together and say, have a title? Or is it just to have the ring on your finger and say, hey, I'm married. See, I'm I'm married. That's it. There's so much more. There's happiness. And while that's truly a great accomplishment, the statistics for divorce, you've all heard them, are terrible. If you simply end up as roommates, yet trying to be faithful to a commitment and your vows, you're missing happiness and fulfillment. And can I tell you that you may survive in the same house but not really even want to be with each other? Following Christ is much like that. It's about a relationship. It's not just about starting off and saying, hey, I got a ring, I'm married, hey, I accepted Jesus, I'm done, I'm good, no problems. No, it's about developing this relationship and and putting a little work in to get to know that person. Lenore and I are starting to read a book now to learn more about each other. And, you know, it sounds like a terrible thing to me sometimes to sit down and just read a book together. Just being completely vulnerable. But it's work. But the payoff is going to be so amazing. Can I tell you that being with Christ and having a relationship with Him isn't what you think at all? In fact, it may not be anything at all like you think. Pastor Chris has this analogy of playing basketball and telling somebody, "Hey, I want you to join our basketball team and come out and be with us." He goes, "Oh no, no, no! I don't want to play basketball because I don't like it when, and when I'm getting tackled." He's like, "Dude, that's not basketball!" No, 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 no! I hate it when I'm out there and I slip and fall on the ice and I hold that stick. He goes, "No, no, no! That's not basketball!" Oh, now when I I swing and I miss and I hit myself with the bat, he goes, "Dude, that's not basketball." Sometimes when it comes to God and knowing God, people have all these images in their mind. Oh, i got to stop doing this. i got to start doing this. I can't do this. I, it's going to be terrible. I'm going to hate it. Can I tell you, all the places I showed you life, life to the full, is not terrible. Next week's message is going to be on what's next and what are next steps, and there will always be next steps. But it's not about a horrible Terrible situation that, oh, I gotta go to church. I gotta check this box off, and oh, it's drudgery. Oh, I gotta feel so bad when I'm there. Everybody tells me when I come in there, the the wall's gonna, you know, fall off. You know, there's gonna be lightning bolts. The water's gonna start boiling. I'm like, it's not about any of those things. It's a relationship. You bow your heads with me. This morning, you've heard about Jesus. Coming here from heaven. How he died is commemorated by Good Friday. How he paid the price for missing the mark. How on the third day, today, we celebrate his resurrection. Heard about newness of life. What about you? Where do you find yourself this morning? Are you far from God? Or would you say, that you're right with God. There's so many people that listen after the fact and across the world and the podcasts and the streams and all the stuff goes everywhere. Plus, uh, even just for me and my wife, it'd be hard for me to know what the answer would be for each one of us. So I don't want anyone su- surprised to say that I know or guess. Perhaps you're even hearing the story of the good news for the first time like the person I told you. Or maybe it's well-known to you. What will you do this morning? This is the greatest day. Today, you have an opportunity to simply receive what he has already been done, what Jesus did for you. See, this morning, I'm asking you now, to. I want to invite you to know God. Not that basketball's getting tackled and hit with a bat. Slipping on the ice. Clean slate. No rules. No one judging you. Simply take that first step to know God. Say, I may be like Peter or some of the disciples that sat there and scratched my head and go, I don't understand this, but I want to. With every head bowed, if that's you, simply raise your hand to let me know you want to be included in a prayer. Just a moment. See, it's that simple. It's just saying a prayer. It's not a magical prayer. You don't even have to use my words. I'm just going to give you something you can say so you know I'm going to help you out with that. It's not something we're going to call you up front. We're not going to take you anywhere. It's private. Don't even have to say it out loud. Baptism is where we make a public declaration this is private. This is between you and God. If that's you this morning, simply say these words. Say, Jesus, I've tried to do it on my own, but my life's a mess, and I need you. Ask you to come live inside of me. Save me. Change me. Show me what and how to do it. Today, I'm changing my mind. I'm not going to live by what I see only. But I choose to trust what your word says. I put my faith in you. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Father, I pray for everyone who prayed that prayer. For the first time, or maybe the 500th time, Lord, whether it's today or if it's months from now. Lord, I thank you that your word says there's so much celebration that happens in heaven when just one person comes to know you. I give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name. Well, as we're closing, I want you to pull out this connection card, and we're gonna finish filling out the bottom part, and if you filled out the, the, the A, B, C, or D, And if you prayed that prayer with me today, I want to invite you, and Michael's already talked about the number that we have, the 469-289-1114. He's going to put it back up here in one second. I want you to add something else. I want you to text NEXT, the word NEXT, N-E-X-T, to the 469-289-1114. We're really going to phase these out pretty much to let you know, but... That's something that will let us know that you made that decision, and we'll be able to follow up with you and let you know what your next steps could be if you'd like to do it. And of course, anyone who wants to give to the church and to what we're doing and the future that we have here, you can do that by going to givetobelong.com, and we love everything that you're doing. So if you'll stand to your feet with me, and we're going to pray and be dismissed. Father God, I speak a blessing over everyone who's come out this morning. For everyone who's watching online, everyone who's listening after the fact, God, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for this great day that we can celebrate the resurrected King. It boggles my mind that the King of heaven would come to the earth to die the most horrible death. But you did it for me. Father, I speak a blessing over everyone, Lord, over the connection cards that have come in, the prayer requests, and Lord, for everyone who's given their tithes and offerings this week, I speak a blessing over it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.